I don't know about you, but I feel like Miss Rona, coronavirus, COV, whatever all the names that it has, has taken up so much space in my life. And I don't know about you, but I'm hearing it from friends, business partners, clients, the news everywhere. And I don't want to be yet another source that is just talking about it all the time. But I do want to provide helpful information to help you walk through this journey and land out on the other side successful. So I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm going to mix it up. I am going to be inviting different entrepreneurs onto the podcast, sharing their experience, sharing their expertise in fields that I'm not in. I think that that is going to be one of the keys to helping us get through this journey is learning about all of the things that we just don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. So in today's conversation, I'm going to be talking to Emily D. Baker, who I met a couple of years ago, and she is a lawyer for online business owners. And she's the host of a popular podcast called Get Legit Law and Believe. Emily is a former deputy district attorney. She has run multiple seven-figure businesses with her husband. And with over 15 years of experience, she has seen it all. Emily helps her clients create common sense legal protection while empowering them to create the businesses and the lives they want. We legit covered all things legal from how coronavirus is impacting us as business owners to clauses you need to make sure in your contracts to even the contracts that you need to make sure you have in place and also what you need to make sure that your business is legit on the legal side. And that is just scratching the surface of what we talked about. So you want to make sure that you are paying close attention, maybe even listening to this episode twice and taking notes. But let's get into my conversation with Emily D. Baker. Hey, I am super excited about this conversation that I'm going to be having with Emily. Emily is like, just such a G. Like how how can you be a G and a lawyer at the same time? Like she is one of the coolest lawyers I have ever met. We met a couple of years ago in a mastermind that we were a part of. And I just love going to Emily about all the legal things. You know me, I like to stay in my lane. So I don't provide legal information or legal advice to you, but I love sharing my point of view and what I experienced, but I was like, you know what? Let's have a conversation with Emily because things are a little bit cray right now. They're a lot cray (laughs) in this just environment. And I really just wanted to have that conversation so you guys can have that perspective of like, I don't know what to do. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Emily, can you just like share a little bit about, you know, what are you telling entrepreneurs to do in this season? I mean, in terms of just being legaled up, I think it's a little bit sketch right now <laughs> on how to handle stuff. But like, where do you say just start at? Where do you say people should start? It is so crazy. Alexis, thank you so much for having me. It's great to connect and catch up and hear your voice and get to chat. And I am ready to to share the genus. But the gene <laughs> comes from... One, I played men's water polo as a female through high school because there weren't women's teams. So you kind of have to G up in that situation. And then I was a criminal prosecutor and I worked in Long Beach for a while. So, you know, when you work in the LBC in the criminal courts building, you got to find a little like pseudo white girl swag. (laughs) So there's a little bit of G happening and that's okay. (laughs) But because I work a lot with online entrepreneurs, I have had all kinds of businesses coming to me during especially the craziness with Corona saying, how do I get online? How do I work virtually? What does my business 
need to consider. And on the most basic level, now is the time to go back over your business foundations. If things have slowed down, if you are not working the way you used to, it is a perfect time to go back through not just your systems, but also your legal. Look at your contracts, look at your website terms and privacy policy, and start going through that stuff that you might've slapped together when you started your business. And as your business grows, we're not always triggered to go back and look at that unless something goes wrong. So look at it before something <laughs> goes wrong. Use this pause to take time to reevaluate. And I'm telling brick and mortars this too. I'm like, look, while your business is closed, if you have a system in your business that you hate, that you've never had time to switch over to something else, now's the time. Things are slow. You hate your email server? Great. Now's the time to switch. And it's the same with legal. Now is the time to evaluate. And I know that can feel overwhelming, but start with a list. Start with a list of what legal protections you have in your business. And that would be contracts, any formal legal entity like an LLC or a corporation or either of those taxed as an S-corp. Look at your website, your terms, and your privacy policy. See when they were last updated. And that's where you start making a list of the legal things you have. If you have a team, look at whether you have good contracts with your team. If you have employees, now's the time to look at your employee handbook and be like, is my employee handbook ready to take my team virtual? Like, are there provisions in there to see how we work together online and how they can securely access work? And then you start getting into the deeper stuff of, you know, email security and internet security and making sure that your team's not making your business vulnerable. Because right now, one of the big things I'm seeing aside from all of the stress and craziness mm -hmm. are all different kinds of service attacks on companies like Zoom companies like Facebook. So the hackers are like, everybody's at home on the internet. Now's a perfect time because businesses are now working remotely. Right. So people aren't in their intranets. Like when I was a DA at the DA's office, we had an intranet just between us at the office. But when all the employees are at home accessing it from external points, there's weaknesses there. So making sure your business mm -hmm. is ready for that. And then making sure you are ready to evaluate if you're trying to apply for loans and stuff, there are all kinds of scammy websites out there like, we'll help you apply for this and we'll help you apply for that. No, they won't. They'll help themselves to your bank account. <laughs> right. No, that is so, so good. And I guess what would you say in general are like some must haves or is there a list? You know, I know you have all the resources. Like, is there a list that people can say? I have a list. Okay, <laughs> yes. Because I know like the NDAs and the agreements, they're like, okay, hold up. This is a lot. Yeah. Do you got something that can help me know, like compare with what they have versus what yes. they should have? Absolutely. I have a free business guide, the Get Legit Everything's get legit in my world because you've got to be legit. And legal is just so frumpy. It's like, get legal. <laughs> no, it's not quite the same. Also, um, some of the get legal stuff was already trademarked and get legit wasn't. So I grabbed it. But the get legit business guide is on my website and it will be linked. I can give a direct link for the show notes, emilydbaker.com. And you can get to the biz guide emilydbaker.com slash bizguide. And it has a walkthrough of your foundational stuff. If you've been in business for a couple of months or years and years and years, there is always room to go back and evaluate your foundation because when you first do it, you don't always think of the next steps and you don't always go back and evaluate. Now's time people are wondering, oh, 
Do I have for service providers? Do I have a service interruption clause? Like what does my contract say? And I've got a lot of service providers in this circumstance right now where they need information from clients to finish the job, but clients are crazy right now because everyone's, you know, upside down with what's going on in the world. So they're like, but I'm on deadline, but my client hasn't gotten me the copy to put on the website that I'm developing, for instance. So what does my contract say about my deadline? Can I push the deadline because the client's delaying things? Does my contract allow for that? Or does my contract allow me to fire a client that's ghosted me during this time and say, look, we can resume work when things are less crazy, but right now you're not replying to me and it's stressing me out. So we can't do this right now. What are your cancellation clauses and those sorts of things? So it's it's a good time to evaluate a contract, especially if you've got a template contract, because mm-hmm. a lot of the templates, not mine, but a lot of template locations aren't run by lawyers. And you don't have to be a lawyer to write a contract. You need a lawyer to have a good contract because what lawyers do good lawyers, is they've seen enough. I mean, I've been an attorney over 15 years. I have seen a lot of crazy crap. And so when I write a contract, I write it with the context of, oh, and this one time this went wrong, but I can protect against it. Mm -hmm. And then this went wrong that I didn't even foresee, but now I know, so I can put it in other contracts. So my contracts come from all of my experience in seeing things go wrong. And from my background, I dealt with that both as a criminal prosecutor where businesses were coming in with white collar type embezzlement stuff. And so I've seen businesses go south in all different kinds of ways. And then as I became an entrepreneur working with large brick and mortars, I mean, I've worked with companies in the 15 million. And guess what, guys? Some of those companies are still backbuilding their legal foundation because they started scrappy and then built and built and built. I'm like, where's your in-house counsel? They're like, yeah, we haven't done that yet. About that. About (laughs) that. Get you a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that that is so helpful and important to know. Like, I think us smaller business owners, right, on the scale of small Versus like the big guys, we sometimes think, oh my gosh, they have it all together and they really don't. No. I've been saying that this break, although has been stressful, Mm -hmm. although it has been a little cray, it has been a blessing in the skies for business owners in terms of we can actually work on the things that we always say we're going to work on, but never have time. And now we have all the time. Now's the time to work on your business, not just in your business, on your business. And I have worked with big businesses that do not have their legal on the back end together because what happens with businesses, especially entrepreneurs, is when you start to grow, you start to grow fast. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow fast, you get caught up running things, but you don't stop and go back and build that foundation unless something triggers that to happen. And normally that's stuff going wrong or you getting sued, which is not the way. This pause Mm -hmm. is a much better time to say, okay, what can I work on? Even if things are overwhelming, go through my checklist, look at the free content. And I have a lot of free content to help guide you to what you need. I really believe every business should have access to this information. And if access to information is what I can do to help people get through the craziness, that's what I'm going to do. So I really want businesses to take the time to go, okay, I now understand 
when I need to hire an employee versus when I need to hire an independent contractor. I understand because that's come up so much when I have consulted with tons of businesses on the Paycheck Protection Program loan that is now out of money, but I think more money's coming. So keep checking. (laughs) I'll keep you up to date. There might be more money. But a lot of businesses started to realize, oh, I might not be doing this right. Right. And so that's scary too. So now is the time to figure out what right looks like for you and for your business. Some businesses can easily work with contractors. Other businesses have people misclassified left and right. And states like California are going to fine you with all yes. those crazy laws. Massachusetts yeah. has the same type of laws California does. So does New Jersey and Connecticut. And the federal government is now talking about whether the California laws should be the model for the entire country. I mean, states with no corporate taxes, states like Texas and Tennessee mm-hmm. and a bunch more in the middle are going to be like, no, people get to work the way they want to work. We're not going to do that. But there is a big push in the federal government Mm -hmm. to move everyone to employment. So now is the time to look at your business and make sure you have that foundation. So when things continue to change, your business is ready for those changes because the truth is business interruption happens. Right. This is on a different scale, but business interruption happens if you have a major illness for yourself or for a family member. If you have a child who is going through it at school, that interrupts my business. My middle schooler having issues with other middle schoolers disrupts my life. (laughs) (laughs) Natural disasters can disrupt our business. So though this is unprecedented, business interruption does happen. And now's the time to go, oh, Let's see how we want to operate the next time my business gets interrupted, be it for an illness, a death in the family, or even a vacation. How do I want my business to run if business is not happening as normal? And yes, I said vacation. You should be taking time away from your business. Oh, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we eventually all learn. That's a lesson that I learned after a couple of burnout seasons. Right. Oh, wait, I actually need to take a break. And I think this is actually a really good transition into, like, as you mentioned, a lot of entrepreneurs are realizing their contracts aren't together. Clients are trying to get out of contracts. Clients aren't giving them what they need Mm -hmm. to actually complete the project. Or maybe they're experiencing, I know a lot of event planners I know and photographers I know are experiencing like a wave of cancellations. I know before I moved to Texas, I had a lot of weddings that I was supposed to be second shooting for Mm -hmm. because that's like my side Side gig. Side hustle. (laughs) Yeah, because I love photography. It's, you know, I feel like everyone needs an outlet. But I had so many cancellations in terms of second shooting. What do you suggest? I know one of the first things you said is just look at your contract. But after that, should they contact a lawyer? Like, how should they go about handling that if that is like the meat and potatoes of their business? Absolutely. And you know, the other industry, so I have a lot of wedding industry here in California as well. A lot of photographers, event planners, individuals who provide rentals for weddings, like the fancy furniture. But also I work with a number of doulas and people are canceling having doulas come. I didn't even think about it. Yes, because people are like, we don't think we can have you in our house. Right. But doulas are booked six months in advance and they have very solid contracts. So now Even if your contracts are good right now, people are calling lawyers saying, how much of this do I enforce? Because 
my contract says I can do this, but everything's so weird. So now when your contract is solid, it gives you choice. Do I choose to refund them all but, you know, the non-refundable deposit? Or do I refund them all of it? Or do I refund them none of it and say, I will do this at a future date? Easier for a photographer where an event will probably be rescheduled than a doula where a birth is a birth. And you can't redo that. that. That's that's (laughs) happening. (laughs) But then having people offering support over things like Zoom and saying, I'm keeping your deposit. This is the support I can offer and this is the refund I'll give. But when your contracts aren't solid, you don't have that choice. And that choice is taken away from you because your contract doesn't allow you to make that choice because you don't have those solid clauses. So evaluate your contract and contact someone who can help you with your contracts. There are lots of us. I mean, it feels like there's lots of us, but there's like five. (laughs) There there are lots of online attorneys that work in this entrepreneurial space that understand you and your business and are here to help. I do contract review all the time. Sometimes I'm like, if you just grabbed a contract from LegalZoom, go to the Get Legit shop and get you a new contract. I sell contract templates too, but they are written by me and they are updated by me so that I know people are covered when situations like this happen. So a service provider is going to have a delay clause and a business interruption clause, but they're also going to have clauses saying, you know, if all of the services I use go down, so if you lose internet and your deadline gets pushed, I'm not responsible if the client says, well, this website wasn't up on this date, so we had to push back our launch and we lost money, so now we're going to sue you. We have clauses in there to say, no, you can't because this was out of my control. So people have probably been hearing about the force majeure clauses and things like that Mm -hmm. that allow contracts to be canceled, no harm, no foul, which essentially says if stuff is super crazy – you can't sue me if I cancel on you and I can't sue you if you cancel on me. Like no harm, no foul stuff's crazy. Right. (laughs) But not all of the force majeure clauses cover pandemic situations. (laughs) Yes. Who knew that we would be in a situation that everybody would be impacted on all levels. Right. Everywhere, all over the world. (laughs) And these are really common when you do like for live events, they're really common because you can't have people showing up to a live event if there's a hurricane and the airports are closed. And when you do stuff out of the country, force majeure clauses become really important if you host retreats out of the country. Because what if there is some kind of civil uprising and you can't take your retreat to the destination country because of an act of government? So these things Mm. do happen. They were never really, I never saw this as a, national disaster. Like none of us anticipated this happening in every state in the US plus the rest of the world. So it's on a different scale. And there is going to be new law created out of this because there are people who want to sue the government saying you shut down my business and now I can't pay my rent and I've lost all of this. You can't just shut down my business without cause. So I don't think this cause is good enough. So I'm going to sue you. There is going to be so much that comes out of this. Right now, the only laws we have to look at are prohibition when businesses got shut because they were bars or, right. you know, liquor stores or what have you. And mm-hmm. and in those places, most of the people were able to break all their contracts because the government had forced them to shut. So the whole world of like <laughs> brick and mortar is dealing with commercial leases and then, you know, industries, travel industry, wedding industry, all of these event industries trying to deal with 
their contracts with hotels and things like that. Mm-hmm. It is a lot, but a good contract allows you to not be a dick right now and to say, this is how I can work mm-hmm. with you. This is how I can accommodate you. This is how we can keep this contract and move it forward. But I've also had businesses call me saying, I planned this live event. I need to refund everyone to cancel it, but I don't have the money to refund them. And I'm like, well, how far in advance did you pre-sell the tickets and where'd the money go? Right. <laughs> so yeah. there are businesses dealing with that too. So when you host something like a live event, you should always talk to an attorney first to set up the protections in case the event can't happen. If you are regularly working with clients, a good client agreement allows you to be the good guy. Mm. So even though sometimes it feels yucky to be like, here's my contract, that's the professional thing to do. If a contractor that I work with doesn't send me a contract, I am like, I can't work with you. I am Mm -hmm. sorry, but your business is not together. And I can't deal with not together. <laughs> and I also get the question a lot around when should I go to an accountant versus a lawyer? Because I think these times is where those lines kind of blur sometimes because of all of these new laws that are coming out. What they have, the EIDL, the PPP, the this, the, all these acronyms, uh-huh. right? How do you know right. or how can they know when to go to like you as a lawyer? Of course, with the contracts. But when do they know who to right. go to? Like, when is it an appropriate time? <laughs> so an accountant would say, go to them first. And a lawyer would say, go to them first. <laughs> so I'm a lawyer. <laughs> Here's the thing. You need contracts set up before you start making money. This is true. A good lawyer will help you figure out how to get your business bank account going I tell all of my clients, get something, whether it's a spreadsheet, if you like to do things yourself, whether it's QuickBooks online, get something, connect it to your one business credit card and to your business bank account, but then get all of the foundational stuff set up in your business. Once you are starting to make money, especially if you decide to file an LLC or something like that, then you do need to have a consultation with a tax strategist, tax preparer, CPA, and then decide who you want to start working with. But depending on the way your business runs, if you are a service provider, you're not going to need accounting help as soon as if you are a goods provider. So if you are selling a lot on Etsy and dealing with different taxes and different sales taxes and cost of goods, you're going to need an accountant sooner than a service provider who, if they're a sole proprietor, everything just passes through. So there are different triggers for different businesses. The more complex your finances are, then the more you need to get your legal first and then go and get your accounting. The way I see that is legal protects you from the moment you start making money. Accounting helps you figure out what to do with your money next. If you're not making a ton of money yet, there's not as much cool stuff you can do with it. If your business is bringing in 10K and up a month, you're gonna wanna start doing quarterly tax strategy with someone who knows. I do some of that. I'm a tax nerd. I did a lot of tax law and I will give people kind of a rough outline Mm -hmm. and then say, when your business starts hitting these financial milestones, you need to be working with someone. Right. But if you are a sole proprietor in your first year and you're using QuickBooks for sole proprietors, it will trigger you for all the tax categories within that program. And that might be enough at the beginning. Right. Because you got to protect your money. (laughs) 
before you start making it. Yeah. And I always promote QuickBooks up and down. Now, I know there are other services. Yep, I just use QuickBooks for the self-employed and then the other one where mm-hmm. it's like the LLC level and it's just easy to use. I'm sure there are other things that are out there, but I'm always a promoter of at least have a conversation with an accountant to see, because I've had an accountant, whether it be different ones, but I've had an accountant since I started my business because I was just like, listen, I ain't never had a business before. My family hasn't had a business before. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me make sure I'm at least, you know, going about it the right way. So I only went to them for the beginning of the year, make sure I'm setting everything up right, make sure I'm paying at the right time. And then at the end of the year when it was time to do the tax return, that's all I could afford, right? Now I'm actually moving more into the strategy side because I'm making more money. What do I actually, how can I actually plan this a little bit better? How can I plan my year a little bit better Mm -hmm. to make sure that I can qualify for certain things at the end of the year? I always say, get your legal and get your finances together (laughs) with people who know what they're doing because it's not like we're taught at an early age how to run a business. No. All of this is news. This isn't stuff that we just instantly know. It's new for me too. Exactly. Because when you said your parents were employees their entire career. So most of the entrepreneurs I work with don't have generational self-employed. They just aren't. And so there are a lot of us Mm -hmm. that are figuring it out. And professionals go through this too. My husband's a dentist. They never taught him how to run a business. So we were figuring it out together when he started his. Lawyers aren't really taught how to manage a business. We're taught how to set up a business. We're taught about the legal stuff. But the day-to-day running of a business comes with experience for most of us. So don't ever feel like, I don't even know where to start. Start with asking the question. And the question is, I don't know where to start. (laughs) And that's okay. Right. And even if that's getting just like a consultation, like starting there, at least just getting a consultation and having the conversation and figure out what you can afford, what you can't afford. I always said the first things that you probably need to invest in are a lawyer and an accountant to figure out if this even is a direction you need to go in to kind of guide that conversation, guide those things. I know I've been in the process of like transferring my LLC. And let me tell you, it is a pro- Cess. It is a whole situation. Texas makes it a situation. I'm in the middle of doing one for a client moving into, they're transferring an LLC into Texas. It's a whole situation. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I'm like in the middle of the process. So it's so mm-hmm. quite interesting. But mm-hmm. I just want to give you guys like a boost of confidence. Like know that everyone yeah. is figuring it out, especially during this time. You know, a lot of us did not have a business during the recession. And I think a quite a few people did not have a business during a pandemic. So give yourself a <laughs> pat on the back for getting this far and just yeah. give yourself room to grow. We're all figuring this out yeah. and it's okay. But before we close it out, Emily, is there anything else that you want to just kind of share or provide? I know that the news can sometimes be a little team too much for people and they get overwhelmed. So like, what are some places that people can go to stay up to date on all of these legal updates? I don't think I've seen so many legal updates in one period of time, at least since I've been alive. And I know that's not been a long time, but I don't think I've ever like seen (laughs) this many like boom, 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 boom. Yes. yes. I've never seen it in my lifetime either. Like when this was first kicking off towards the end of March, 
beginning now it was middle of March here in California. Our governor was holding press conferences at like 830 at night. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, this is not I am stressed that news is changing. Like when I'm trying to get ready for bed, like what is going on? <laughs> I'm a nerd, you guys. I am such a nerd. But I worked for the U.S. attorney's office in law school in their tax division. I worked in Congress when I was in undergrad. Like I am a nerd. I was a political science major. So like the nerd side of me is like, oh my God, this is fascinating. And then the practical business side of me is like, oh my God, this is so frustrating. It does keep changing. And the reason is generally we have laws that are passed by Congress. And then there's a six month to a one year gap between when it's passed and when it goes into effect. Well, the CARES Act that rolled out the PPP program and changed some of the unemployment regulations amongst other things. It was like, okay, um, we passed this. The president signed it on Friday and he's like, this needs to happen by next Friday. Go. And everybody was like, wait, I'm sorry. What? What now? (laughs) So our government is (laughs) is not able to pivot quickly. And we are seeing the stress of that. The SBA said they have gotten over 14 years worth of applications in the last two weeks. So this is not anything these agencies are set up for. And they are trying to respond. But also, we've got government agencies that have all kinds of procedures inside their business of how they're allowed to do things. It's not like my business where if it's not illegal, I can do what I want. If my clients are like, I can't pay this month, I'm like, that's sweet. We'll delay it. Not a worry. I don't have to jump through any hoops. I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. The government agencies have a whole bunch of regulations that they are required to follow. They also have quite a lot of staff working remotely. So when you add red tape, plus remote work, plus an unprecedented workload, what you're going to get is what we're experiencing Mm -hmm. right now, which is kind of like a cluster FES show. (laughs) I'm trying not to curse too much on your podcast. So what I have been doing, because I am a super nerd, is keeping those things up to date without them being dramatized. So I have a COVID resources page on my website, Emily D. Baker. If you get to the front page, it'll just say COVID resources. And I've put together all of my free downloads that break down the different plans, all of my podcast episodes and blog posts on these topics. And mine are generally, this is what this is. If I need to rant about the way things are happening in the world, I always say, this is a rant. rant. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't need that in your life right now, fine. If you want to hear me curse about the bank crisis of 2008 and how everybody bailed them out without blinking an eye, and now small businesses are being put through their paces for a situation they didn't even create, then you know that the rant is the place (laughs) for you. So I try to keep it not stressful and not overwhelming because what we don't need is more people screaming like, this is horrible. This is the end of the world. Look, it is what it is. We're in it. So let's figure out how to navigate within it right now. And that's a struggle for everyone. None of us are going to navigate it perfectly. There is no perfect in this. There is a lot of frustration. The best you can do is take the information you have and move forward. I have a client who follows my Facebook page and I had not called all my clients because most of them have business banks, Mm -hmm. but his business bank was delaying. And when PayPal got approved for the PPP loan, he saw me post about it when it happened, went and applied through PayPal and was funded for $70,000 of PPP funds in under 12 hours through PayPal. That's how fast this stuff changes. So 
follow the website. It'll get you to me on social that I've been posting things on my Facebook page as they happen, because it's the easiest way for me to get information to the most people before I send another email to my email <laughs> list. Who's like, girl, stop. <laughs> so I've told people, look, the Facebook page, the Emily D Baker is where things are coming out quickly. Then they're going up on the COVID resource pages on the website. Because what I don't want to do is be another voice like screaming at people, this is what's happening. I want the information to be accessible when it's right for you to go look. So that's the goal. So the podcast is Get Legit Law and Shit. And you will know exactly what it is about <laughs> from the title and from the intro music. So yes. <laughs> give it a quick listen and you will know. Yes, and I will say like... I have known Emily for years and I've listened to her podcast. You know, we have had conversations and she just provides the real. Mm -hmm. She's not about you have to follow me. She's just like, no, I just want to provide the best legal information that I know how to and that I have been trained for. Right. You go to people who it yeah. is their lane. Like I said, this ain't my lane. So I don't really speak on it a lot. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank I you. know that this is a topic that is a hot topic <laughs> and everyone's talking about it, but I wanted to provide it from a lens of here's what you can do. And I yep. really appreciate you for taking the time to come on, especially when you have two cute boys at home that you can be spending time <laughs> with. <laughs> I am going to provide all of the links to all of the things that Emily has mentioned in the show notes. So be sure to go there. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, guys. I absolutely love that conversation with Emily. I think she provided so much insight on the legal sides of running a business and what are things that you should look out for, clauses and all of the contracts. It was just so good. For more information about today's episode, you can head on over to thebusybiz.com slash episode 38. And if you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It's time to build the business of your dreams. Let's get to work.